she's looking around and she's playing all of these tournaments and she's realizing, wait a minute, I'm doing all this work, I'm working my ass off. The men are making like five times what I'm making. To give you guys an idea of how bad this pay inequality is, so in 1970 there's a tennis tournament called the Pacific Southwest Tennis Tournament. And this tournament offered women 15% of the prize money that it gave to the men, even though their women's final sold as many tickets as the men's final. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Sam Eggers. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Chloe Skye. You guys, today I'm so excited to talk to you about Billie Jean King. Do you know yeah. Billie Jean King? I do. I uh, I saw the, uh, what was the movie called? The Oh, yes, with the, Emma Stone. Yes, yeah. I'm blanking on the name I of it. The, something either. Sex. Sex something. I um I didn't <laughs> see it, but now that I have done Billie Jean King as my broad, now I really want to see it. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Billie Jean King is one of those broads that like I know that I should know who it is, but I don't. So I'm just sitting here like really embarrassed. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, hold tight because pretty soon you're gonna know Billie Jean King. Oh, good. <laughs> So let's just dive right in because I think most of our uh, audience has at least heard of her and has a general idea of her. So let's just jump right in. Billie Jean King uh, was born Billie Jean Moffat. Uh, she was born in uh, 1943 in Long Beach, California. And she's born to a pretty conservative Methodist family. And her family is also super athletic. So her mom is like a swimmer and her dad's a firefighter. And her brother actually becomes a major league pitcher for the San Francisco Giants later on. So Damn, yeah, wow. like there's some serious genetic craziness going on in this family. Um, wow. And, That's a lot of pressure. Right? Driven to succeed. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so sort of like her brother, she originally starts out um, not in tennis, but she's a really, really, really good softball player and she loves it. But her parents want her to find uh, a more ladylike sport. What? <laughs> such BS. <laughs> <laughs> isn't softball considered a lady sport? Yeah, isn't it just lady lady baseball? That's like, the like, don't, stereotype. Don't only women play softball usually? What the hell? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> so, but she does. So she picks up tennis, and um, she actually is really, really good. And what's kind of cool is that she ends up learning on these free tennis courts that are out in Long Beach. And apparently there are, uh, there's like a couple tennis pros that live in Long Beach that decide they want to help their community. So they give free tennis lessons. And like, I think about, I think when we think about sports today, especially something like tennis, we think about these like crazy parents who spend insane amounts of money for court time and private lessons. And it's just like, that's how you groom your child to become a pro in any sport, right? It's like this crazy commitment, but right. she, she pretty much learns for free and is just has this like genetic soup that allows her to really, <laughs> really, really excel. And so she has, so she has a lot of support for her tennis. Like her, her family's really supportive. Also the church that they go to, the guy who's the pastor, he's a former Olympic pole vaulting champion. And so he sort of guides Billie Jean, you know, in recognizing that she has some talent and sort of encouraging her to focus on this. And so she ends up going to Cal State 
um, she's competing there and she's already starting to inch into like big tournaments and building a name for herself while she's in school. And this is where she meets her husband, Larry King, not Larry King, <laughs> you're thinking of Larry King. I was. I did you see my face? I was <laughs> he went, like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that part of the movie. <laughs> and so uh, they get married, and this is pretty young, right? Like they're in college, and she's doing so well. She's so successful at tennis that she ends up leaving school just to focus exclusively on tennis because it's like she doesn't need a degree. She's becoming a world. She's becoming a tennis star. And she goes on to be insanely successful, right? She's a women's single and women's double player. She does great. Just to give you an idea of how accomplished she is, like in her career, she plays 51 Grand Slams. Whoa. And out of those, she's reached the quarterfinals 40 times. Whoa. Which is just insane to me. So for people who aren't, who aren't tennis people, quickly, like a grand, there are four Grand Slams throughout the year, right? Four? No, uh, no idea. No idea. <laughs> Sam, you're you're the athletic pro of the of the three of us, I think. <laughs> yes. Wow, which is not so. We're going to go ahead and trust you that there's four. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know CrossFit over there. That's true. You got the. Uh, if you guys could That's see it, Sarah's guns. That's it though. Like her arms are no joke. They are like Tina Turner arms. <laughs> They're beautiful. I admire them while we do our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but so yeah, so there's the the big grand slams. That's like Wimbledon, US Open, French Open, Australian Open. And these are the ones with like the big money and the ones that are on TV and like where you hear about tennis stars. So she did 51 of those and 40 times reached the quarterfinals, which is a huge accomplishment. That's like a huge statistically that's a very high level of success. <laughs> exactly. Like she's just cra- crazy crazy talented, right? Um, and she even wins the triple crown at Wimbledon, which means she won the singles competition, the doubles, and the mixed doubles. And mixed doubles means mixed gender. So she's just like tennis genius, okay? Mm-hmm. So Billie Jean King starts being pretty cool when she's, <laughs> she's looking around and she's, she's playing all of these tournaments and she's realizing, like, wait a minute, I'm doing all this work, I'm working my ass off. And the men are making like five times what I'm making. What the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And to give you guys an idea of how bad this pay inequality is, here's just an example. So in 1970, there's uh, a tennis tournament called the Pacific Southwest Tennis Tournament. And that's here in the States. And this tournament offered women 15% of the prize money that it gave to the men, even though their women's final sold as many tickets as the men's final did. So 15 cents on the dollar for dudes at this thing. Yes. That's insane. Horrible pay inequality. And so Billie Jean King is like, this is ridiculous. She um, starts criticizing the tennis like country club style and um, saying that she's like, the pay inequality is ridiculous. It's, you know, it's exclusive. And she's. Uh, she gets so upset about it. For example, at this Pacific Southwest tennis tournament, she says that she's going to walk out. Good. And she's like, if you, she's like, I'm going to lead a walkout if you don't change the ten, the the pay. And they actually cave and they listen to her and they're like, shoot, you know, she's the super famous tennis star. She's the draw. Like, if yes. she goes, fuck yes. Go. And so this leads to uh, Billie Jean King, along with some other female tennis players, they decide they're going to form their own 
Tennis Association, and they're going to form their own tour. So up till then, there's the USTA, and that's like the Tennis Association, and they say, we're going to form the Women's Tennis Association, and that they're going to have their own tour. And so they get the female tennis players to sign these like $1 symbolic contracts and they have to look for sponsors, right? Because all these tours are sponsored by like, you know, you watch a sporting event and it says like, you know, Amex or whatever, and they need sponsors. Mm -hmm. And so they get Virginia Slims, which is a <laughs> cigarette company. So <laughs> maybe not oh like God. the best sponsor for an athletic endeavor, but whatever the point is, Wait, is that it was, a, this was the seventies. Yeah. What, what year was this? Uh, this I mean, everybody 19... smoked in the seventies, right? Yeah. This is 1970. Mm -hmm. That's how you stay skinny. There you go. Exactly. They're like smoking in between sets. It's nothing for them. Um, <laughs> and uh, so once the money starts coming in from the sponsors, the USTA and the WTA, they actually end up merging. And in 1971, she becomes the first female athlete to top $100,000 in prize money in a single year. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's really, that's really, really cool. And so she's killing it. Life's good. Like in 1972, she wins three Grand Slams. She becomes the first tennis player to be named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. And she's the first female athlete to ever receive that honor. Even better, in 1973... She uses her position and she threatens another boycott. And this time it's of the U.S. Open, which is the one of the big grand slams I was talking yes. about. She's like, I did know that. I'm not a sports <laughs> pro, but I did know the U.S. Open. I've heard of that one yes. too, the U.S. Open. And so. she's like, this is ridiculous. And she's, gonna, she's like, we're going to boycott if pay inequality is not addressed. And the U.S. Open, they agree. And they become the first major tournament to offer equal prize money to women and men. Which is hell yes, so 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 cool, and it's interesting because this just sort of paves the way for female athletes, particularly in tennis. I'm thinking of like the Williams sisters have long been advocates for equal pay, and they fought to get equal pay. I believe it was for uh, the French Open, and you just think this was back in 1973, and still, when the Williams sisters are in their prime, they still are fighting for equal pay. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. ridiculous. Um, I listened to a to a podcast. So it's a, this brief tangent about. It was called like "Should Sports Pay Reparations to Women?" and it was on Freakonomics, mm -hmm. and they just talked about how like similar to the way that slavery held back people of color in America and prevented them from economic growth, the intentional banning of women's soccer and tennis leagues has caused women's sports to have this like complete lack of money that they would have had had they started at the same time that the men's sports oh, did. Oh wow. And interesting. And like doing doing the math on it and crunching the numbers, it's like women are entitled to possibly in some instances more money than these men are making based on the the track record and the results of these sports industries and uh how do, how do we make amends for that if people are still pushing and and the and these overlords of the institutions are are going well we I don't know if we can really pay you as much as the men because blah 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 bullshit mm. how surprising I know right and what we dealing with this recently with the um, the U S female soccer team right they were just amazing and crushed it and also I don't do much on Instagram but I do follow like Ashlyn Harris from the women's soccer team and Megan Rapino. and if you just want to like yeah. follow people that are awesome and make you feel good follow both of those women because they're just <laughs> they're amazing 
But yeah, I'll have to check that podcast out. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. So 1973, the, you know, the same year that the U.S. Open agrees to for the equal pay, this is also the year that the very famous Battle of the Sexes happens. So the Battle of the Sexes. That's the name of the movie. Yes, there we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there it is. There you go, Chloe. <laughs> so Battle of the Sexes. So this is because there is this like old chauvinist, ridiculous tennis player he's 55 mind you 55 so he's not like in fighting condition it's not like you know like tennis players by the time they're you know 35 that's kind of like they're winding down right like any sport um but he's total chauvinist and he starts like running his mouth and making like ridiculous comments and trying to like bait the top female players of the time into playing him because he wants to prove that like you know i'm this older tennis player and i can still beat the top women of the time like it's just it's just gross it's just well the i i don't know if this is true but the movie portrays him as like an actually really intelligent sort of like advocate for women's rights who is playing a character to try to drum up media coverage oh very interesting I'd be curious if the screenwriter was male or female. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's interesting is, so they t- I, in some of the articles I read, they talked about this briefly, and they said that before the tournament, those two were not friends. It's not like they they were not friendly. They didn't know each other. It was uh, Billie Jean King, I mean, and uh, and Billy mm-hmm. Riggs. They weren't friends. However, after the tournament, they did become very close. So I think I could believe that maybe he's not, that maybe some of it was an act, but I sort of... And this is just me giving my opinion based on this this research. I don't know if this is true, <laughs> listeners. But I wonder if part of it was also a little bit like wanting to get a little exposure for himself. You know? Definitely. Yeah, like paving the way it for Kanye. It definitely seemed like that. Yeah. It's like, that's what yeah. Kanye does with his like presidential bid. And, I'm, I'm the best. And the, I'm going to let you finish. You know what the... <laughs> it, it definitely seemed like it was coming out of a, a, a need to come back into the spotlight after sort of mm-hmm. fading and becoming a drunk. Yeah. You know what, though? I hope it is that he was he was interested in advancing women. I hope so. I don't, but I'd be, I'd, I'd be curious to know. So if any hey, listeners, if any of you guys know, let us know. <laughs> the, the relationship that he has with his ex-wife in the movie is, is particularly revealing, I think. All right, I'm going to watch the movie. I was, as I was working on this, I was thinking, okay, I need to watch the movie now because I'm very... Okay, well, now I need to watch the movie too. Okay, so I'll have to, okay. We can do a movie, we should do a movie review of it. Another broadly speaking. I'm so down. Um... So so he starts baiting the top players, and the first woman who accepts is uh, a champion. Her name's Margaret Court, and uh, in May 1973, they play, and he just, like, destroys her. And they, they quote, they call it the Mother's Day Massacre. Oh. Yeah, so he then is like, well, I need another opponent because I beat her, so now I need to beat someone else. And so Billie Jean King agrees. And I kind of don't know why she would agree. Part of me just thinks you should be like, "Ugh, like get out of here." But she agrees. It's it's a it's a long sequence of scenes that before she makes that decision in the movie. Yeah, I would hope so. It's it seems like, uh, but anyway, so she she, she it. fights against it for a, for quite a long time. Um, <laughs> and so then this match now happens September twentieth. This is at the Houston Astrodome. and it is kind of ridiculous. Like if you look at pictures, so Billie Jean King she enters the court 
like she's Cleopatra. Like she's in this like ridiculous gold litter and there's four like big beefy guys carrying her. They're like really playing up the gender stuff, right? So that's oh how God. she enters. And then Billy Riggs, he comes in, he's like on a rickshaw by like and these women are pulling him and they're called Bobby's bosom buddies. Like it's so ridiculous. Um, oh my god! And so apparently, ninety million people watch this thing. Like it's a, people are super into it. It's a very big deal. And thank God, Billie Jean King crushes him, and she beats him in straight sets. And afterwards, she says, uh, "Quote: I thought it would set us back fifty years if I didn't win that match. It would ruin the women's tour and affect all women's self esteem." So she went in with a lot of pressure on this thing. Yeah, and wow. and she crushes it. Which is, oh, thank God. Awesome. <laughs> so she's like a superstar now at this point. Now it's like, oh my God, Billie Jean King. Everyone's super into her. So around this same time, we got to talk a little bit about her personal life, which is that, um, so she's been married since, I think it was 1963, right? Since college, right? She marries this guy. But she later says in around 1968, she realizes she has feelings for women. And uh, so in 1971, she begins having an affair uh, with her hairdresser, this woman named Marilyn Barnett. And Ooh. this, you know, this affair happens and presumably no one knows about it. And it, it ends as, you know, affairs do. And she's still married and she's very much, this is not public. No one knows she's gay at the time. This is, you know, very much a secret. Mm-hmm. And in 1981, her ex-girlfriend, Marilyn, she's like, oh, this is ridiculous. I was, you know, I was her I did all these things for her and I should, I should get money. I should get some kind of compensation for that. So, uh, like I did all these things like sexual favors. Well, she says she sues. So this is what she does. So Marilyn Barnett, she sues Billie Jean for a share of her property because she says that she gave up her career as a hairdresser to become, uh, her like, she's like, I was Billie's secretary, her confident, her cook and quote, all other things necessary so that Mrs. King's energy could be totally directed toward playing tennis. And she claims that under California law, she was due palimony. So this is kind of ballsy, Whoa. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she sues her. And at this time, you know, Billie Jean, this is 1981. She's still married to Larry King, not that Larry King. And so at first she denies it. She's like, that's not true. It's a lie. I didn't, you know, because this is a lawsuit. So this is now public. This was like in the New York Times. It's public knowledge. And so she denies it. She's like, nope, that's not true. And then finally she's like, okay, I I just have to admit this. So she calls a press conference and she admits it. And she says, quote, people's privacy is very important, but unfortunately someone didn't respect that. I did have an affair with Marilyn, but it was over quite some time ago. I'm very disturbed and shocked that Marilyn would do this in such a selfish way. What's interesting is this happens in 1981, and Billie Jean stays married to Larry until 1987. They stay together, which is interesting. Yeah, which is kind of incredible. So in 1987, they divorce, and she talks about sort of about about dealing with this. She said, quote, I wanted to tell the truth, but my parents were homophobic and I was in the closet. As well as that, I had people tell me that if I talked about what I was going through, it would be the end of the women's tour. I couldn't get a closet deep enough. One of my big goals is always to be honest with my parents and I couldn't be for a long time. I tried to bring up the subject, but felt I couldn't. My mother would say, we're not talking about things like that. (laughs) 
and I was pretty easily stopped because I was reluctant anyway. I ended up with an eating disorder that came from trying to numb myself from my feelings. I needed to surrender far sooner than I did. At the age of 51, I was finally able to talk about it properly with my parents and no longer did I have to measure my words with them. That was a turning point for me as it meant I didn't have any regrets anymore. Wow. So it's a big deal when Billie Jean King comes out. This is, if you think about this, when she admits to this affair, first of all, it's 1981. Like, I don't, I, there aren't many openly gay athletes. I don't know if there are even any at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in the middle of the AIDS crisis. Right. So, like, people are, like, generically, their feelings about gay people in general are, like, associated with AIDS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's, it's a really, really, really big deal. Um, but I'm happy to report that when her marriage with Larry does end, she falls in love with her doubles partner, Alana Kloss. Um, and actually, she remained on really good terms with her ex-husband. And she was a godmother to Larry's daughter that he has in his next marriage. So, oh, that's a nice end. Yeah, like they're... Yeah, he, the he apparently was a really great guy. Oh. The movie portrays him as like the most ideal husband you could ever hope for, uh, just open-minded and loving, and that makes me good so father. happy. So, yeah, that's so yeah. encouraging. And so she goes on. Billie Jean, of course, as she gets older, like we we're saying, like tennis is you know you're not at, the, at your prime anymore, but she definitely becomes an advocate for lesbian gay uh, community. In 2009, Barack Obama gives her the Presidential Medal of Freedom for her work advocating for the rights of women and the LGBTQ community. I'm going to have to start tagging that in our we- in our website database. We have several broads now that have the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh, you're right. I like that. I love it. Search by Presidential Medal of Freedom. <laughs> and so she's so Billie Jean is of course now we sort of see her as this icon for the LGBTQ community and life is good for Billie Jean she's of course retired from tennis now but is still actively involved in a lot of uh, in a lot of aspects of tennis like you'll see there are lots of awards named after her and you know she shows up at uh, lots of events and things and um and little sidebar I had brunch next to Billie Jean King in New York years ago and we were sitting there eating brunch and we're like is that Billie Jean King and she was by herself and she was just having like eggs and toast or something and we so wanted to talk to her and so wanted to say something and all of us chickened out and no one said anything and I wish I had said something to her but that's my brush with Billie Jean King (laughs) man what an awesome chick I wonder what happened to that D-bag who challenged her to the battle of the sexes. I hope he died in obscurity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I feel bad because now I was like, oh, he's a chauvinist. And now you're like, well, it seemed like he was like covertly working to support women, advocate for women. And now I'm like, oh, shit. It seems like his motivations came from an ego place, but he also worked to help women along the way. I'm looking up. I'm I'm looking it up on IMDb to see who wrote it, and that will determine my feelings. Okay. <laughs> well, I uh, I had a, also a brief brush with uh, Billie yeah. Jean King because I catered the movie premiere and she was in attendance. Oh, I love it. And so I I fed what? I fed her some past entrees. Did you hand feed her some entrees? I, I didn't hand oh, feed her. Okay. No, I just <laughs> I had a tray of food and she 
grab something off of it. Actually, usually it was like one of her people would grab it for her, but like the couple times that she was up and about, she would she would take the the food. Yes, Sarah, what was your? Do you have a Billie Jean King brush story? No, <laughs> but I can tell you that the movie was written by a guy, a British guy. So my feelings is probably that part of the story was <laughs> his, inserted to make guys look better. Is it his his benefiting of the female movement was perhaps uh, elevated higher than it was in real life? But wait, Sarah Silverman is in this movie now. I oh really, yeah, it's, oh, it's a great Shue, cast. All these, okay, it's a I gotta really watch great it. Cast. Okay, and Steve Carell is that? Oh, he plays the chauvinist. I love Steve Carell, so maybe I'll watch it just for him. I know. I want to yeah, see he, it. I, he will endear you to the chauvinist. I kind of thought, maybe I'm just I'm imagining this. Did it get good reviews or was it, I kind of thought it was poorly received. It got like medium good reviews. Okay. Like everyone was kind of like, yeah, it's fine. Mm. Like it's good. It's watchable. I And I, I felt like, yeah, this is a solid telling of this story. Like it's a, I, I, I liked it. I have no like major complaints it probably could have been more focused on certain elements but like as a as a we're trying to tell this whole story story like good job awesome well you guys do we think billy jean is a broad hell yeah yes. oh yeah absolutely super broad. and that equal pay i mean that sh- that work on equal pay is huge like just mm-hmm. being public about that and that yeah that's amazing. So hard it. fought and so, so long coming. So everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to listen to our broad, Billie Jean King, and uh, join us next time. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review and visit us on Instagram, our website, uh, at Broads You Should Know. And I'm also going to give a little plug for myself. My uh, husband and I wrote a short called Dickie and B. And that has been accepted into the Los Angeles Liftoff Festival, which due to COVID is completely online, which is awesome Ooh. because that means that you can go online. We can all watch it. And you guys can Yay. all watch it. And what's incredibly cool is that the festival is doing a pass. So you can pay a very small amount and you can watch like a week's worth of shorts and independent films and watch it all online. You can vote for things. So check out the Los Angeles Liftoff Festival. And also you can check us out at Dickie and B, which is D-I-C-K-I-E-A-N-D-B-E-A. How many times can we vote? Can I go on and vote like 30 times a day for you? I highly <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> okay. I'll have okay. to hire my uh, click farm for us. I like that. <laughs> what kind of underwear was Elizabeth I dealing with when she dominated that English throne? What did women in ancient Egypt use for contraception? Was the 19th century hoop skirt a cage for women, or did it help them carve out some public space? Welcome to the Explorers, where we time travel back through history to find out what life was like for ladies of the past. Join me as we walk through past eras, exploring the everyday and the extraordinary, uncovering stories both famous and obscure. Ready to meet some fascinating women? Let's go traveling.